Bitcoin and Co. The podcast about crypto economy and the future of money. Hosted by author and speaker Anita Posch. Hello and welcome to this episode of my Bitcoin and Co. podcast. I'm happy that you're listening. You can find more details about this episode at www.bitcoincopodcast.com. Please subscribe to the podcast, share it on social media, leave a review on iTunes and recommend it to your friends. This supports the continuation of the podcast. The more listeners and subscribers, the more people gain knowledge about Bitcoin and Co. too. Let's start with the episode after this short message from our sponsors. You're looking for a solution to store Bitcoin the safe and easy way? The Card Wallet is a high secure way to storing Bitcoin offline, developed by Confinity and the Austrian State Printing House. The Card Wallet is a professional cold storage solution made with high quality security materials and tamper proof features that prevent the manipulation of the card. If you want to know more or buy the Card Wallet, go to www.cardwallet.com. So hello to this new episode of the Bitcoin and Co. podcast. My guest today is Leah Wald. Uh, she is a development economist and financial analyst. Uh, she has applied social entrepreneurship to help goat herders in Mongolia, local entrepreneurs in Washington, D.C., as well as uh, first-time businesswomen in India. I read you began your career at the age of 19, working at the World Bank in the African region. And welcome, Leah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Happy to be here. Thanks for your time. Um, it's funny because I start actually with something very private in a way, because I always do research on my interview guests because I want to be well prepared and ask good questions. And I saw that you are like playing football, soccer, <laughs> you're playing the saxophone and you have a dog. Yeah, you did good research. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and I also saw it on one of those videos. You, you no, have a well-shaped arms. Well, yeah. Back yeah, with boxing. Yeah. Thank you. And your knee. Yes. I saw that too because I also had like seven knee operations. Oh, no, stop. Okay. So Only two, sport? so I hope I don't have two. a seven. Oh. Um, no, correct. So I hopefully believe I was quite good at soccer. And yes, Europeans here, football. Um, <laughs> and uh, actually, I was trained uh, uh, originally Olympic de development training as a kid. So quite, quite hopefully quite good. Uh, it was called ODP. Um, so Division One soccer. And oh. then... When I was 16, so in the States, like, you start getting recruited for college around 16, it's in high mm -hmm. school, and I blew out my first knee. Oh. So, severed ACL, same thing, meniscus, mm -hmm. and took a year to recover, mm -hmm. and so that was done. The end of the soccer career. Totally, because 16 is, is prime time, right? Yeah. You know, for you to really get recruited and go D1 in college, and then if you want to do after, although... As we very well know, no one really follows women's soccer, unfortunately. But, yeah, but you know, on the other hand, women's soccer has uh, we reached, kick butt. Uh, yeah, some <laughs> kind of respect also yeah. by many guys because they say uh, the women still play. I mean, the European yeah. soccer is like men falling over each other and yeah. saying "ow, ow, ow," and women do really play, you know. Yeah, and yeah. Also, the, the the United States, you were your your soccer team kicks butt. Yeah. Yeah, consistently. Well, and so totally I'll come back to that point. But then recently the other knee, 
that was also by playing soccer again. Oh, yeah. And yeah. so that one totally blew it out as well. Severed ACL, severed meniscus. Oh. It's been over a year, but mm-hmm. I finally got back to jogging like really? a month ago. So finally there. Oh, okay. But to your point, um, it's really interesting. And actually, I think it goes back to even the, I know this isn't related to Bitcoin, but uh, women, I guess, and you can always end it. Uh, is that they trained us uh, in the same way that they would train men. Yeah. Um, but to the detriment, I believe, actually, of women originally, in only that we still have different body forms. Mm-hmm. So our so at one point in the States, the statistic was around one-third of all female uh, soccer players were tearing or severing their ACLs mm-hmm. because we weren't building up different muscle groups that we needed, you know, and in the end of the day, you know, our center of gravity is different, all these other things. So there's certain muscles that we should be getting jacked on all intents and purposes. But I agree with you. I feel like, you know, and we have medieval warrior pictures here, but uh, the the women are, they can be more hardcore, you know, when they play soccer. It's as if we're kind of compensating for things, but like, you know, to like play more in the big leagues with the boys, but it's, it's in. Yeah, but, but on the other hand, women are very often better than men in endurance sports. Yes. So actually, we are like quite the same as men, I would say. Maybe better team players. <laughs> yeah, maybe. maybe. <laughs> no, no. I mean, no offense, of course. Yeah, um, of course. So, um, so now, then we find us here at the Understanding Bitcoin conference mm-hmm. in Malta. And we see that the quota, do you say that in English? The mm-hmm. quota of mm-hmm. women is already, like, again, like 5% maybe or 3%. <laughs> maybe smaller, sure. Maybe smaller. Yeah. And actually, that's one of the reasons why I do this podcast and why I do my seminars and keynote talks to get more women into this space because I think it's really a chance. Um, you were working in the African uh, region and I think also in, in another region. Uh, what is your experience? I mean, Bitcoin could be a tool for women to be um, more free and more um, independent from uh, their partners, wouldn't it? I mean, how do you see that? How do you see Bitcoin playing in this uh, field? Sure. Um, so I'm going to be quite contrarian and probably get myself in a lot of trouble, but my honest truth. Um, so first of all, Pretty much my entire whole career, I've always worked in quote unquote male dominated spaces. If we want to do a snapshot of gender disparity, you know, absolutely everything is skewed by statistics. But I do think the conversation does need to be shifted in, in the limelight of the media very often of that that doesn't always correlate to gender bias. I do think again, you know, the, the snapshot of how many women are in STEM. And then how many women want to enter the financial aspects of, you know, Bitcoin, which is tech and finance. And, you know, so we're going to get smaller and smaller and smaller numbers. Um, and then also just in a other bevy of lights, you know, of uh, social aspects of women that, you know, we prefer and other preferences. Um, so there is a massive gender disparity again. But actually it's been Bitcoin specifically has been the most, the least barriers to entry that I've ever noticed, actually. And a lot of people say the opposite. So, you know, I think that it, you'll maybe be surprised on what I'm saying right now, but I've actually found it the easiest to enter. And absolutely true, 
there's no women downstairs except for a couple and all of them kick butt. Um, but I do find, and I think that that's based on, you know, the principles of Bitcoin that, um, meritocracy wins, you know, and for the most part, by the way, who knows how many of the women are coders? Yeah, yeah. You know, that's always something that gets me is really funny is just, there's, you know, it's, it's a lot of avatars. I personally, mm-hmm. very honestly, I wish, uh, it wasn't my name. Um, I wish if I could have done things over, but again, you know, Tyler and I work in finance. It's a, it's a different spectrum Same for me. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I wish I could have had a, a pseudonym. Yeah. Um, so a lot of women, uh, will reach out to me and be like, you know, talking about, uh, that they're actually like, they're super badass traders and I meet them and they're women and their, you know, handle is, you would have never, you won't know. And I think that there's a, a beauty to that as well. And for sure, there's, there's, there is a massive disparity. But I think that the creme de la creme of who rises and succeeds and, and sticks with Bitcoin because it is a difficult space, I think, for everybody. Just it's, you know, we're at a, uh, this conference itself is a developer for town developers, right? It's because a conference needed to be created because it's so difficult to understand the tech. You know, and then Tone, me and Tyler and, and others, we go around doing workshops of how to trade and invest in Bitcoin, you know, on a very basic level, because that is also so difficult. So there's just the whole space is difficult anyways, in my eyes, that it's it's a deterrent, you know, uh, for for anyone. But, yeah, the disparity is definitely, you know, very much there. Mm. The thing what you're saying actually is uh, there are many women in this space, but they are not telling us or they are not showing up. Um, why do you think is that that way? Well, I think a lot of reasons. Um, one, you are very much in the limelight as uh, more of a public figure as a woman. And it's like... Oh, there, again, even just, again, we look downstairs, how many women, you know, people, people look for it. And I don't think everybody wants that. It also depends on their mission, vision, values for Bitcoin. Um, a lot of the women that will reach out or that I know of, um, and, you know, even just personally, our clients, uh, for Tyler and I, uh, who are invested in Bitcoin, a lot of them are women. And a lot are the wives of the men who, as they're very clear and, and nicely, uh, uh, like uh, powerful when they like to say that, Hey, why do you think that we don't want to learn it? That's the, Hey, that's our portfolio too. That's our livelihood too. You kidding yeah. me? I want to know how to do this. Yeah. What is it? He originally invested in this crazy thing, but let me tell you, I want to know what, what that husband of mine is doing. And I want to make sure I like it too. So, It, it it shows up in weird ways, but I understand your question, which is again why the anonymity, um, or potentially why the anonymity well, is it? I, the anonymity online. I understand very well, right. of course. That, right. That's I mean, right. Um, that's proven that uh, if as soon as you have a female name, you get other reactions. Right. So yeah. Um, well, I would again point. So I, I, if I'm understanding your your question further, I'll, I'll take it in that. Um, well, again, why, why aren't we have more of a public figure then? Why uh, isn't, is that correct? No, that, that was not so much the question. Oh, okay. The question, uh, uh, was originally, 
do you think that Bitcoin as a tool for financial independence mm. is a tool also for women, especially in emerging countries, uh, to be more independent and safe from their partners? You know, I think that there's so many beautiful use cases in the future for everybody in the developing in uh, the developing world, especially when you start going into the fact that, you know, and then I'll, I'll relate it specifically to women, but um Mali, you know, a lot of countries where you don't even have birth certificates, God forbid, you absolutely don't have access to banking. Now, yes, let's go gender specific. Um, so when I was working uh, in India, uh, I was working with an organization called SEWA, Self-Employed Women's Association. Mm -hmm. And um, they were a labor union, all intents and purposes, the female arm of the TLA, Gandhi's TLA. Because at the time, absolutely, they weren't allowed to commingle, still aren't. Um, and they, uh, live, they're ultra poor. So less than, uh, 40 cents a day. Mm -hmm. Okay. And mm -hmm. again, even that 40 cents a day is going to the husband. Um, they aren't allowed to bank, right? They, for the most part, most of them were not allowed to leave their houses, mm -hmm. um, as a extreme example. And everybody here is extreme. Um, they weren't allowed to go to the bathroom. They weren't allowed to poop. They're not allowed to uh, leave the house at all. So actually, just as an example of that, and then, of course, why is it so important for them? Um, simply because it's almost a prison half the time. But they would, uh, as an example, they would actually band together at night to sneak out when their husbands were sleeping to go to the river to be able to go to the bathroom one time a day and come back in. So talk about extremes. Mm. Now, for sure, these women are not having access to traditional banking, nor are they having access to any anything in the form of that, of which case could give them financial independence as well as just social independence. A lot, you know, most of those are, the, are arranged marriages and all these other issues. Okay, so where does Bitcoin come into play? Um, so they say, well, I had already established a microfinance bank and that was doing f okay. Um, again, microloans, microfinance has been an establishment for quite a long time. Going back to the World Bank, this is going to tie all around, but I do think we should go into the origins, um, which was that I was at the World Bank when M-Pesa, um, so, okay, in Kenya, mm -hmm. right? So that was back in 2009-ish, was launched, um, and that was really the first SMS-based um, microfinance Uh, solution. Vodafone mm -hmm. bought it, uh, expanded, Grameen Banks, all these, you know, things. Okay. Um, and that worked to a point. It was a good initiative and we've, you know, it's been able to take forward. Okay. So that has been very helpful for a lot of different things. Say was microfinance bank, very helpful for a lot of things. Bitcoin is and can be very helpful. The, you know, development solution Uh, in the future that could be the absolute best. Now, very honestly and unfortunately, I don't think that we're there yet. Um, what it could look like if we're able to implement a lot of these brilliant idea, uh, ideas out there, and I, I am impressed by a lot of what's going on. And, you know, there's, there's actually maybe even too many brilliant companies in the Bitcoin space, and I only say that because I think a lot of them don't collaborate enough. Mm -hmm. I think that there's absolutely the best tech developers in the world working in and programmers working in Bitcoin in the world. But often I get very disappointed that it seems as if they're, they're not collaborating on things where they totally mix. And when it comes to development, Paxful, um, you have uh, Abra, all these other ones, 
doing amazing solutions that I think if they came together a little bit more, um, they would have even more impact, especially for women in those uh, circumstances. Um, and again, uh, even outside Bitcoin and creating collaborations with um, like uh, Andela, who are teaching, you know, doing tech for underdeveloped regions in sub-Saharan Africa, again, you know, would be a perfect collaboration. And if women had access to, to finance, to be able to then actually have assets, to then actually be able to yada, 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 and also diaspora communities to be able to get it to women in, in countries that, again, mm-hmm. in rural Afghanistan or whatever it may be. There's, there's a, a bevy of, of, you know, beautiful use cases, inspirational use cases, um, vision statements we can make here right now. But I don't think we're quite there yet, unfortunately. Well, I think, too, that we'll need some, like, a decade, maybe. Before we continue our show, a short message from our sponsors. Thanks for listening, and we will be back soon. Start accepting Bitcoin, Dash or Litecoin for your business today with the Salamantex cryptocurrency payment service. The SX1801 POS terminal by Salamantex offers an easy system for you to accept payments in cryptocurrency absolutely risk-free and receive the exact amount in fiat, such as euro or US dollar, into your company account. Easy tax reporting tools and system integrations allow you to just go ahead with your business as usual. Sign up now with Salamantex and start the easy way to crypto pay. Find more information at salamantex.com. That's S-A-L-A-M-A-N-T-E-X.com. Do those women you were talking about mm. before, do they even have a, an old Nokia handy or something to be able to send text? So here's the, the well, it's not a funny story. Here's the a story that I think beautifully, uh, and again, unfortunately, is an example of why we're not there yet. So um, they started using a low-level text solution, um, just SMS-based, and it wasn't working. And they didn't understand really why it wasn't working. And the reason, very simply, why it wasn't working is actually because most of the women that were given those phones for those microfinance uh, uh, lens via mm-hmm. SMS were illiterate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so they had so to we, create so we, a pictorial system, and mm-hmm. it didn't work, right? Yeah, and there's no banks out there, and there's no yeah. you know anything. So but even, then, yeah. Then this is actually a good hint for the developers, for yeah. the UX, UX developers, to Absolutely. do things for people who are also illiterate, because that's from our point of view something. What? Yeah. Uh, I mean, of course we can read. Yeah. Right. Uh, right. We yeah. and, and then it's like a common misconception. Sure, stats are high, and again, if we want to talk about stats, where iPhone growth is booming in developing countries, yes, and. <laughs> there's think, a lot think, of people who need it the most yeah. and they cannot you know they don't have an iphone but you know there's this program from the world food program or something sure. in afghanistan i'm not or in ethiopia i'm not sure where they scan the 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 iris of the eye uh and it's a blockchain system i don't know mm. now at the moment but uh, I think one of the reasons why they do it over the scan from the eye is because people are literate. Yeah. So, you know, I just think that there's so many things that we're not uh, maybe even able to address quite yet because yeah. we're already doing 
running into so many issues already. And, you know, and I'd say the biggest one, uh, simply, and again, working in finance is, uh, if you don't mind me saying the word shit, shit coins. You're, you know, you're allowed. Thanks. I'm European. You can do it. There we go. <laughs> um, you know, is simply all the alts right now, I think is one of the biggest issues where of confusion, mm. you know, so I actually think one of the best and most important things, and this is where libertarians uh, get so angry at me, but is that there is a necessity for regulation in the space in certain things. And then if certain things are regulated, we can actually start getting funding. But if we're talking about helping the developing world, women who are battered women, who are in the slums of, let's say, Ahmedabad, and actually need refugee status, and actually need assistance from the German government, or hopefully the American government can provide it right now. But, you know, uh, whatever it may be, yeah, we actually do need, I believe, a system not just where people are helping, but where governments and, and not just governments, but institutions and things are verified in ways that make sense to society as we have it right now. Now that hopefully society, political structures and things absolutely change moving forward. But if we want to make a solution, start working at least on an MVP type of level, you know, and, uh, and get that going, then there needs to be less confusion in the space. Uh, 1000%. They can't be, you know, a regulator can't be confused about, um, well, she's getting Ripple. What the heck is Ripple? We haven't defined if it's a security yet, so we're not going to touch this. And why would we? Oh, she has enough money. She just showed up in, you know, the blank border, you know, and she's stuck in a detainment camp, but she has uh, $5,000. How did she get that? You know, whatever it may be, there's yeah. actually potential solutions that could be happening right now for, you know, a woman to be able to get to, you know, a place where she could actually sell her Bitcoins, have enough money maybe get smuggled out of the country. Um, but, you know, again, the, even on if we take it away from that even, you know, level of, of tech, of Bitcoin right now, where again, if we're looking at the poorest of the poor, but let's, you know, even take it a different level, then, you know, we have a very big issues where in the end of the day, we, I think regulators need to figure it out. And I think that there's uh, a lot of barriers to entry there. Yeah. I mean, many people are like that. They wait for the regulators. I mean, I know people who say I'm waiting that I can buy Bitcoin like an ETF or something, you know, because they don't want to hold it themselves. And I say to them, why wait? I mean, just go buy yourself a fraction of a Bitcoin now. I help you. But uh, many people don't want to do this. And they they also happy, I think, because they don't know the implications of leaving your coins at Coinbase or any, any other exchange. Well, so um, I'll be contrarian to that too. That's okay. Um, which, you know, so... Um, I do have cold storage. I also, uh, thanks for your <laughs> I'm still playing with my cold card too. Um, Tyler and I accept services. Um, you know, I don't know if you know my business partner, Lucent Investment Strategies, uh, Tyler Jenks. So we accept services in Bitcoin that then go to our cold storage wallet mm -hmm. as well. Um, so we very much hold our own Bitcoins. Then we trade them as well. Um, because we are investors. Now, why are we so interested in ETFs and all these different things is because in the end of the day, we're asset managers. Mm -hmm. We're institutional mm -hmm. investors. And we have no plans to get in trouble with the SEC, the IRS, as well as lose our status with, you know, asset management. And now, uh, to your point, 
what we have right now sucks. You know, all we've ever had is GBTC, which is this ticker on the NASDAQ, right? Which is the Bitcoin Investment Trust. Um, but what was helpful and I thought good for the space of what Tyler and I were doing is that, you know, again, uh, Lucid at one point is a lot of money. I'll just say a lot of money. Um, we had a lot of money AUM, uh, assets under management. Mm-hmm. And clients were very interested, as well as, you know, uh, just personal clients that Tyler was working with in uh, investing in GBTC. Because for them, that was their first foray into buying Bitcoins. And now it's a proxy, right? You know, it's exposure to Bitcoins. They're not buying Bitcoins, yeah. but they're buying a company that buys Bitcoins. And for that, that gets the... I hate saying average person. I, the, the next panel is average Joe. I, I really don't like this word, but that's fine. Um, that makes them feel comfortable. And what's great about it, again, asset management, you can do it in Schwab. You can do it in your 401k. We put it on our retirement accounts. So I'm with you that, you know, like ETFs aren't going to solve the world of Bitcoin. But what's great is if we could convince, you know, nonprofits that have uh, you know, a billion dollars of their pension funds and those, those people, let's say, uh, the firefighters or America or American Cancer Association, whatever, get excited that they've invested in Bitcoin, you know, just as a beginning base layer, Mm -hmm. then I think that that's still drumming up, you know, potential confidence, um, more adoption. And I think at least providing a, a, good feeling and good excitement about the space. And then, you know, we do these conferences and educate them and and have them store their own keys. But each person has their own, you know, uh, need. And that's our industry, right? You know, the the one that I'm in. I understand what you mean. And I also, I I meant it in a similar way. But, you know, people close to myself, I tell them, no, you don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't wait now. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, but yeah, I'm. I, I think too that a little regulated uh, space brings more people into the, the 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 crypto space or into Bitcoin, hopefully. Well, so a question, you know, maybe back to you on that is just who do we want in the space? Because I think that that segments. So if we want, you know, if an ETF passes soon, I actually don't think it will, but please, because that provides us a better instrument, then we're going to start seeing a lot more institutional capital. Mm -hmm. And that means, hey guys, moonshot. Great. You know, I hate that Tyler and me and Tone are bearish. I'd love to be super, well, we are long-term perma bulls. But that's because we do believe in the future. Yeah. But I would love if we started a bull market right now. That would be great, but it's not enough buyers. Yeah, and, so, and I think the technology is not ready yet. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, the Lightning Network, it needs like one or two years maybe. It, and it's just too confusing right now. And yeah. again, uh, very honestly, why would uh, some whales of institutional capital come in if they're scared of it being illegal? Yeah. You know, it, very seriously, the SEC issued guidance two days ago, and the guidance simply was, we're still looking into it. Mm-hmm. You know, so it it hasn't even been decided. It's it's a, a scary space for institutional investors and therefore lots of money, which if if we throw a lot of money into it, and again, that's, that's putting... Uh, what people need to realize is, you know, everybody hates the term, quote unquote, Wall Street. But... 
if you demystify what is Wall Street, Wall Street, you know, what are hedge funds? What are venture capital funds? Everyone's beholden to another person. You know, the, the CEO of a hedge fund has investors in that hedge fund, you know, and that may be, again, uh, the firefighters of Americans pension fund. It may be, you know, whatever it may be, but you're looking at all these other tentacles. So it's not, you know, it, it goes everywhere. And again, if we want moonshot, if we want people using it as a store of value and trading on it and getting excited about it, it's simple unit economics, which is supply, mm. demand. Mm. We want more demand. We want more buyers. And yes, the ETF system, it, I mean, there, there isn't. I mean, so it, all that stuff sucks. Um, if we keep segmenting, absolutely. Hodlers, uh, some of my best friends call themselves as they are hodlers of last resort, always going to be there. Um, I have my Bitcoins as well. Um, doesn't mean that I don't trade them. Sorry, guys. Um, but, you know, but I think also a beauty of what's happening and also maybe what will change for, for women is that it's able now to span various industries. And it's not just, you know, I'm really excited about this tech, but I don't really understand too much about it, but I want to buy some. And I know, and thanks to this conference, let's not keep it on Coinbase. Let's, you know, buy uh, Bitcoins and put it in a cold storage wallet. Mm. Now, that's already very advanced, actually, mm. <laughs> um, but great. Um, but at the same time, um, right now, why are we in a bear market? Because that's simply not enough buyers. Yep. You know. And one bigger buyer can make like yeah. a, a, a jump. Yeah. yeah. Look at, look at yeah. what happened yeah. uh, on, on April Fool's Day. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, I, like I, I landed in Heathrow and I thought it was the apocalypse from what uh, <laughs> the messages I was getting. Yeah. So, you know, if one big buyer, it wasn't even too much. Mm. Did that? You know, can you imagine what happens when you know, Fidelity jumps back in completely, you know, mm -hmm. so most people forget Fidelity, again, quote unquote, Wall Street, they started mining back in 2015. Mm -hmm. They were mining Bitcoin. They uh, tout Adam back as one of the most brilliant people in the world. They are very well versed on the white paper. They're excited. Mm -hmm. They can't wait to jump in, you know, and it's Fidelity, one of the Why? biggest institutions in the world. Why did they stop? Um, well, they're still involved, but yeah, but fair market, like, yeah, okay. you know, so in the end of the day, uh, like same with Tyler and I, we can't lose our clients money. That's just, yeah, sure. you know, and especially given asset management, we'd be losing our clients' retirement funds. Mm -hmm. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey guys, like, can no, you no. imagine if we said, don't, I'm really sorry. You're going to go broke and can't retire, but you should believe in Bitcoin. Would love to be able to say that, but n no, <laughs> like I'd love if they could retire comfortably for their kids. So, yeah, sure. So, um, what is it? What you're doing with Tyler Jenkins? Jenks, Jenkins, or Jenks? Is it Jenks? Jenks. Yeah. Okay. No, no problem. So, um, you have a company, mm -hmm. and you consult people on asset management. Is that right? So, uh, no. So, uh, Loose Investment Strategies is an asset management firm. We have a, another RIA that we work with. Um, and Tyler founded Loose Investment Strategies 11 years ago. Prior to that, he's been working in asset management and finance for 40 years, has sold various companies, and developed five proprietary trading techniques. One he's already sold. 
Um, the main one that we talk about right now is hyperweight. Okay. And that is big because, uh, we utilize, Tyler utilized hyperwave in order to call the top of the bear, uh, the bull market, get our clients out when it started hitting a bear market. And that was because of this just very interesting, uh, really just archetype of uh, trading technique, investing technique, I should say. Mm-hmm. So, um, for the most part, we have, Various tentacles of the business. What we focus on a lot now is educating how to invest accordingly, both right now, mainly traditional markets, actually, just because Bitcoin's really just been ranging for way too long, right? And it's been bare, but also just not much is going on from the price action point of view. Mm -hmm. Um, From the price action point of view of an investor, tone's different, right? He's teaching trading. You can play that all the time. Right. But as an investor, we don't have all that much that we can be doing with our clients for Bitcoin. Um, but we are still teaching. We teach every single day with a YouTube video. We do teach on every one of our courses, how it relates to Bitcoin. Um, so crypto consulting, traditional market consulting and end of the day, an asset management firm. Mm-hmm. So fiduciary clients. And why are you bearish on Bitcoin? Price action. I mean, the question is, why should I be bullish? Yeah. I mean, um, but you also propose that, um, as far as I've seen, correct me if I'm wrong, mm. that, that it's going down again so that the uh, bottom has not been reached. Correct. Okay. Um, why? Yeah. Do we want to talk sure, about it? Sure, sure, sure. Great. Yeah, absolutely. Because everyone hates us the most for that. No problem. <laughs> um, yeah. So one thing people always like forget or the trolls love to uh, not say is that Tyler and I are fully invested in going to a conference like this because we believe one day that it will hit potentially a hundred million dollars, right? As soon as the time comes, we will call every single one of our clients and we're going to bet the house on it, right? Like we, we believe in Bitcoin with all our hearts. But right now, simply put, we are in a bear market. There's there's no technicals that say otherwise. And there's loads of technical analysts, hopefully listening right now, that love to show us their charts with parabolic moves and every other TA system they want to show that we are already bottomed and we're going into a bull market. And I call absolute BS because the rest of the indicators say so. Now, my background, uh, and I don't often talk in the shows, is fundamental analysis. So Tone, Tyler, geniuses at TA, that is still for the most part over my head, but I understand enough. Fundamentally, nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. So that spike, I think people are ridiculous, very honestly saying, at thinking that that has now led to capitulation into a bull market. Now, maybe we will uh, continue to spike up a bit more. But we are absolutely still in a downtrend. <laughs> like since, you know, it's, it, it, excuse me, but show me a trend, a long-term trend that we're not actually still in a bull, a bear, uh, sorry, a bear market. But fundamentally, again, nothing has actually changed from the spike that day. You know, the, what actually happened is a lot of different reasons of, uh, the contrarian. You know, there was a, a fake news that the SEC approved ETFs. You had all these other different things that came out supposedly. You know, but nothing has changed. We don't have an ETF. 
We don't have institutional players mm. in the markets. Uh, we have shit coins all over the place. Um, you know, the CFTC, uh, the CME, everybody is kind of capitulating themselves on um, going back on their statements, not knowing what to do. Um, there's not, for the most part, more... Uh, heavy hitting buyers coming into the market and people again can love to point to small examples and Jack Dorsey you are amazing it's great that you're buying lots of bitcoins but that is not going to completely reverse this market mm-hmm. you know and more than that and this is why we are in a absolute bull market for the S&P things are have been absolutely crazy you know and now we are in a crazy bull market So people like, and this is not hodlers, but for investors and, and even traders for the most part. Well, unless they're day traders and they want to go crazy, good for you guys. But you'd be crazy not to be putting your money into the S&P right now if you want your money to grow. So why money managers? I mean, being a successful money manager means that you need to understand what's, you know, underperforming, what's overperforming and moving your money accordingly. Again, if we don't move our money accordingly, we are literally messing up people's retirement funds. So tell me how, you know, a ranging price action of Bitcoin and also still in a bear market makes sense for us to be and put millions of dollars there versus put that money and our clients' money into a all-time high, over-decade all-time high S&P where literally, you know, most stocks and equities and across the world, you know, are doing fabulously and you can literally, you know, make absolute jumps. It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, sure. And that doesn't mean that I'm not, I'm at this conference obsessed with Bitcoin, obsessed with Bitcoin tech, but in the short term outlook of why am I saying bear market and why are we not, you know, throwing all our money there. Now you can't wait like five or 10 years. I mean, yeah. You know, and that's our, our, our job that doesn't you yeah. know so what do you think uh has to happen that the bitcoin price is rising again i think institutional investors need to jump back in mm-hmm. i think that uh the tech needs to become easier to understand um i think the space needs to get less confusing and i think all of that revolves around shit coins dying <laughs> I'm not sure if they are going to die. I mean, there are other, there are other people who say it's good that we have alternatives. Sure. But yeah. So, you know, very honestly, you know, I think there will always be a couple that stay around. Uh, I do think that there are interesting projects um, that we can all learn from. And I, I do actually hope that we expand our horizon enough just to learn from what uh, fails uh, in most of them. Um, but also why they're doing what they're doing beyond scams. But like, you know, what is it about, you know, uh, just there, there is interesting developments. You know, there's a lot to be learned in the space. Um, the space is simply too confusing though. Hmm. Um, and I truly think that there, there has to be one king to rule them all. And, and that king is Bitcoin. Yeah. You know, everyone, all alts follow Bitcoin, but at the same time, time you're right i i don't think that all of them are going to go away i think that that will end up being uh enough when the the true the rest of the shit coins are cut out that institutional investors that are smart and have big money and are smart money um will start jumping in on bitcoin um will get that and especially if the sec keeps uh diddy bopping 
you know, around and can't understand if the rest are securities or not, you know, uh, but have a stance on Bitcoin, institutional money will go into Bitcoin. And that will only make things better for Bitcoin. And also, I think, continue to alleviate the other projects in the space. Um, but in, until, what, our thousands, you know, until this starts getting cut down and these honestly criminals, mm-hmm. like, yeah. <laughs> scammers, mm-hmm. terrible people who just, and I, and I, you know, people also get upset with me for saying scammers going to jail, but I, I would like to see that. And why? Me too. They, I know, I know really, I know personally one and yeah. I really want him to go to jail. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, the biggest reason I say that and get upset is because again, working from asset management, specifically investment capital, seeing people absolutely lose almost all their holdings with families like you know i the, a lot, i hear a lot of people in the libertarian space and again i think that uh, people we need to have more of a bigger conversation of libertarianism because it is not clear cut you have way a massive spectrum that comes mm-hmm. from even the anarcho-syndicalism and goes way back but w- with that said i i often do hear that people need to get burnt in order to learn those lessons. And I actually am a huge contrarian against that because, you know, yes, we need to have, and I said on stage, you know, learn from pain points. But again, certain pain points, I think, can be mitigated and we can help people with that. And I don't want to see again people losing all their wealth with families just because they got scammed into a project. And, you know, and as much as people in the space... We're, we understand, for the most part, what are scams and what aren't. It is not that clear-cut for a lot of people, and at all. Even if you know something about Bitcoin, you can be uh, you can get scammed. Totally. Yeah. So it's, totally. it's because it's psychology. Totally. Those people know how to talk and yeah. how to lie and how to make you believe that you can trust them. So often people say. Oh, people have to be more educated and they are silly when they do get scammed. But it's not true. You don't no. have to be silly. It's just, okay, it's maybe FOMO, you know, it's fear of missing mm-hmm. out or something else. It's something in your head mm-hmm. that tells you lies. Yeah. Uh, and then you get scammed. So, then you realize, oh my God, how silly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so let's even then talk about the spike, right? Mm-hmm. If you actually looked, Bitcoin Cash, Bcash, it was massive. Now, I actually would potentially posit that a lot of people got confused of, of people with FOMO that got excited that day, maybe got confused on what they were buying. Yeah. And I actually say that because one, uh, you know, and a lot of people called me very stupid at the beginning. I, the learning curve of Bitcoin, I think, is just insanely high. But for, uh, and yes, I'm saying this on the record, for uh, reading Bitcoin.com. So I was like, oh, Bitcoin.com. Let me start reading, right? Like, yeah, you don't I, I don't know anything, yeah. you know, but again, if I go to Bitcoin.com and try to buy Bitcoin, you know, what, what am I buying, right? You, you know, I'm, I'm buying Bcash. Yeah. Yeah. But again, like the, the sadness is that we need adoption. We need confidence. But if that's actually happening, Right. And for most people, because again, you type in Bitcoin, you get a Bitcoin.com. Mm-hmm. Actually, if you type in Bitcoin, you see Roger's face all over the place too. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, you, you just get confused. And now with Coinbase, adding all these other coins and stuff like that. But, you know, just again, as an example, like I have a 
a lot of very smart friends. They just don't know much about crypto. Um, and they don't know much about Bitcoin, but they have a Coinbase account. They're very proud of that. And hey, by the way, Coinbase is easy, has a great uh, UI UX. Coinbase is a bank. It's, it's <laughs> absolutely a bank. I mean, it's terrible. I literally yeah. just did the panel on, uh, not your Bitcoin, not your, uh, keys, yeah. not your Bitcoins, but so many, what was the download rate at one point it was like, what, 40,000, like a, a day or something stupid. Like, but, it's easy. People have it on their iOS device, so they're excited about it. But the thing is, you know, even some of the smartest people I know were, when they saw what happened when Bitcoin Cash got added, they were so confused. They're like, oh, did I get my cap? Like, they had no idea what it was. And again, like, I know I'm contrarian when I say this, but I don't find them to be stupid people. No, no. They just... it. We knew, and again, these panels are on, you know, SegWit and, you know, No2x and all these things, but it it was confusing. Yeah, and I think, honestly, I think it takes like a year at last. Uh, minimum. Learning, yeah. Minimum learning about Bitcoin to understand these differences. Yeah. And what they mean in the end for yeah. us as users and for the, and globally, actually. Yeah. Uh, so... I wouldn't say that they are stupid. They yeah. just use what's, what, what, what's comfortable and uh, convenient and what seems okay for them. Yeah. So Right. right. And, and on the and other hand, I mean, the good thing is they invest in some kind of crypto at least. Trying, yeah. yeah. So there's, there's two points to what you're saying. Um, one, which is the most beautiful thing about Bitcoin, is we don't have uh, paid marketers, no. paid promoters, paid uh, lawyers, all these things, but every other company, and that's what they are because they're centralized, coins do. Mm-hmm. So in the end of the day, also, Ripple sounds sexy as hell. You know, uh, Bcash will sound sexy as hell. All these ones sound, even the name, Stellar, sexy. Yeah. Right? And I'll be the first person to say this, and again, I'm going to get in trouble. They have sexy logos too, you know, yeah, like true. stuff like that. So people are easily actually persuaded because like you know they hear about how great this is and they think they're supporting you know by buying xrp they're supporting like this really innovative ripple tech and all these different things you know and and it's sexy and so that's also just a very difficult thing and to your other point which i think was very important and something i i talk about is yes it's super easy to use um you know to people's detriment. And I was just at, um, you know, Tons on Confiscatable and Peter Todd was talking about that, well, we can learn, right? And that we should learn and that it's actually not too difficult to understand these things. And, but we're lazy. Um, now, I think let's soften that a little, Peter. Peter, you're one of the most brilliant people I've ever met in my life, but um, I'm still trying to figure out tech. But it, he absolutely had a point. Which is just that, you know, we sacrifice, you know, a, a comfort and ease for security for a lot of other things. But it's, it's sometimes just, you know, that's, that's currently, I think, the state that we're in, 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 uh, especially in trying to get mass adoption. And yeah. a lot of people just not even understanding at all that Coinbase is a bad place to, yeah, and they will use Facebook to buy Coinbase. it. Right, yeah. They will use Facebook right. because they also think, oh, it's new technology, it's, yeah. it's good, it's something oh. with crypto. Totally. And, yeah, totally, yeah. And one point, uh, adding one point, um, I think the beauty of Bitcoin is the fact that it's bootstrapped. Totally. And and like, Me a, too. Um, how should you say, it, it grows from the bottom, you know. It's not 
paid for. Yes, it's, it it's it grows in itself, and I think that's the great thing. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. I mean, on the other hand, it's a pity because people like me don't get paid for what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and I have uh, to wait for an ETF. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So exactly. now we're here at the Understanding Bitcoin conference. Are there any resources or recommendations you have for people who are interested in the space and in in Bitcoin in general? Uh, what should they read? Uh, any book recommendations or uh, video channels? Hmm. Such a good question. You know, and it's actually the most difficult question in my eyes. Um, very truly huge kudos, Blockstream, uh, Tone, Giacomo for putting on, you know, a conference like this. I think that, you know, listening to speakers, again, a developers conference for non-developers is potentially the best way that we can, you know, start understanding these things. Um, as for, I'd say just from my own experience, I didn't read as much as I probably should have, but what I did and I was lucky is I spent a lot of my time trying to find the people that I respect in the space. Um, spent a lot of time following them, trying to understand exactly who is it that I respect and why, and then reaching out to them or just <laughs> following everything they say, um, and then starting to form my own opinions. So, you know, I was very lucky that, you know, Tone, I, I reached out to him quite quickly, started learning from Tone, and then from Tone, I met Giacomo, I met Jimmy, you know, I met Rodolfo, I started meeting everybody else in the network. And I think that, you know, more than reading is, um, again, just finding those mentors and advisors. And I, I think that the, the most, uh, integral part of that is that they can illuminate blind spots that you don't know that you have. Right. And reading a book, um, is great. Uh, but what's going to be even better is, uh, when, when you, you, you get this epiphany because they said something you don't understand or that you disagree with or that you agree with or, you know, whatever it may be. And you start, uh, realizing, whoa, you know, that, that was totally a blind spot of mine. I didn't even, you know, think about that being there as being even a weakness that I had or a strength that I had. And I think back to our original conversation of it being around feminism or, you know, women. Now, I would define feminism actually as just embracing women for who they are in, in their totality. And for that, you know, women following and having the ability to follow whatever it is they love and desire. Um, so back to this, finding potentially their own strengths and, uh, and capabilities and abilities to feel powerful in this space, I think is actually potentially the best way that they could actually feel comfortable and excited about uh, entering the space from a, a, a power level <laughs> and have fun, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I mean, having fun is a very important yeah, thing. Sure. Not everything is just technical and nerdish. I oh, mean, yeah. Well, it's interesting. It's nerdish in a way, yeah, but, yeah. but it's fun to yeah. be a nerd. Or, I mean, I'm, I mean I, I'm a knight downstairs <laughs> on a, you know, on a, a placard. So yeah, for sure. There's a, I have a postcard at home. It says, uh, nerds are going to rule the world. Yeah, totally true. 
Well, that's true. That's true. So if you grow up, it's okay to be a nerd. I think as a child, it's difficult sometimes. But yeah. Um, so thank you, Leah, thank you. Uh, for your time. Um, where can our listeners follow your work? Whew. It's always a good question these days. Your Twitter account? I'm on Twitter. Yeah. Thank you, Tone. I was not. I was not on social media. No. no. And uh, so that was a, a the – I will make fun of Tone here. The look on his face when I told him that I was not on Twitter was a classic. He was like, what are you talking about? And so he actually created a Twitter account with me over really? a year. Yeah. When was it? Um, How long is it ago? That was uh, – I was <laughs> – I was actually in the Miss Maryland USA pageant at the time. I had just met him right prior. So that was October 2017. So um, in one and a half years, you've gained like 11,000 followers. Or what is it? Uh, yeah. What are you crazy yeah, I mean, people hey, doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why, are you, why are you following me? This is crazy. No, I mean, how did you do this? Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe Tone's paying someone. I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yes, on Twitter, just my name, uh, Leah Wald and, uh, Lucent Investment Strategies. So, uh, Tyler and I have, uh, YouTube video, uh, videos, pod, it's not a podcast. A podcast is when it's audio, it's right? Audio, yeah. So, It's, a video it's like a, well, a, it's a, like a, a vlog. vlog. Yeah, a okay. Vlog. Yeah. We have a vlog. We vlog okay. often. Um, Tone comes on. We have other people. And then uh, I'll host uh, Tone's trading shows every once in a while. And we used to do the morning brief, if you used to watch it with uh, Jimmy and Giacomo and all them. That was on Tone's show. But, oh, okay. Um, so that was fun one. So Loose Investment Strategies and Twitter is Leah Walt now that I have a Twitter. <laughs> oh, cool. Thank you very yeah. much and uh, have a good day and an interesting conference. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Bye. Thanks. This was today's episode. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast in your podcast player, share it with your friends and family on Twitter or Facebook and leave a review on iTunes or YouTube. If you want to advertise your product or company, please send an email to hello at bitcoincopodcast.com. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Audio editing and signation spoken by Katrin Eidenhammer. ID and production by Anita Posch.